0: from kindred church your inclusive church family this podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in durham north carolina whatever your background is wherever you are on your faith journey we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to god's unconditional love Well, hello, happy new year, and welcome to Kindred Church. It's good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here, and if this is your first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you have. Um, Our scripture reading for today comes from 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're looking at verses 3 through 13. It says this, Elijah was terrified. He got up and he ran for his life. He arrived at Beersheba in Judah, and he left his assistant there. He himself went farther on into the desert a day's journey. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush, and he longed for his own death. It's more than enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, because I'm no better than my ancestors. He lay down, and he slept under that solitary broom bush. Then suddenly a messenger tapped him and said to him, Get up. Eat something. Elijah opened his eyes, and he saw flatbread baked on glowing coals and a jar of water right by his head. So he ate and he drank, and then he went back to sleep. The Lord's messenger returned a second time and tapped him. Get up, the messenger said. Eat something, because you have a difficult road ahead of you. Elijah got up, and he ate and he drank, and he went refreshed by that food for forty days and nights until he arrived at Horeb, God's mountain. There he went into a cave, and he spent the night. The Lord's word came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said, go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. But the, um, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound, thin and quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his coat. He went out and stood at the cave's entrance. A voice came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today we are starting a new sermon series, and it's called, Where is God? Where is God? I don't know where you're at on your faith journey. Uh, You may be somebody who feels like you've got a whole lot of faith. You may be somebody who feels like you've got zero faith. Probably most of us are are somewhere in the middle there. But one thing I think most of us probably have in common is that at some point in our life, we've found ourselves asking that question of, of where is God? And usually when we ask that question, uh, it's not in those times when we're like up on a mountaintop surveying the beautiful scenery. Um, It's not when we're at the beach and we're watching a magnificent sunrise over the ocean. Uh, It's not when we're happy and relaxed. It's not when things are are great at work and and great at, at home. Usually when we ask that question of where is God, it's because things in our life are not good. And so in this sermon series, we're going to talk about four challenging experiences that many of us face. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, where is God when I'm rejected, Um uh, you know, Many of us have faced different kinds of rejection in, in our life. Some of us have faced rejection in the church, so, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about, where is God when I'm struggling? We're going to talk about, where is God when I'm questioning, when, when faith doesn't really make sense? And, and for each of these experiences, we're going to be thinking about, how can we find God in that place? How can we recognize God's presence and how can we lean on God to help us get through those challenging times? So I hope you'll stick with us throughout this series. Keep tuning in online or, or better yet, come and join us uh, in person. We'd love to see you because I think this stuff is is going to be helpful. And, and all of us, again, all of us have, have asked ourselves at one time or another, where is God? So that's the new series. That's where we're going. Uh, but for today, uh, for today, we're going to be thinking about this experience of exhaustion. Uh, where is God when I'm exhausted. Now there may be some of you who are not really feeling exhausted right now. There there may be some of you who uh, had a a wonderful Christmas break and a great new year and this past week you you jumped back into work and you're loving life and feeling good and everything is is just fine. Uh, If that's you, the rest of us Hate you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. We, we don't hate you. We're happy for you. Um, but you should still probably listen to this sermon because I don't want to rain on your parade, but y- you might feel some exhaustion at some point in your future. Uh, but I think that many of us, and, and I dare say most of us, are coming off an experience that, that's really more like this that last month, December, was pretty exhausting. You know, it, it always is. There's lots of hustle and bustle getting ready for the holidays. Uh, but then came Christmas. And hopefully most of us got some time off of school, time off of of work. Uh, Maybe we got some cool new stuff for Christmas. We got some rest. Uh, We spent time with friends and, and with family, and it was good. But then came New Year's Eve, and then came New Year's Day, and then we had to go back to work, back to school, back to life as usual, back to the grind. And my guess would be that that many of us are already starting to feel this sense of exhaustion creeping back into our lives, even though we're just eight days in to this new year. Um... Uh, and i feel pretty confident in, in in saying that because my sense is that a whole lot of us feel exhaustion a whole lot of the time and we feel it in different ways right so sometimes we feel uh, physically exhausted like we just want to lay on the couch and, and not move. Um, other times we, we feel mentally exhausted because our brains are just kind of worn out from all the different things that we're worrying about, our, our, our family, our, our work challenges, things like that. Uh, sometimes we feel uh, relationally exhausted that there's somebody in our life who just seems to be draining all of our energy or maybe it's everybody in our life feels feels like they're draining all of our energy and and sometimes it's like all of the above sometimes these things spiral you know that like what starts as mental exhaustion because we're worried about something starts to turn into physical exhaustion or it creates relational uh, exhaustion. We, we've all experienced these, these different kinds of exhaustion. And when we're in that place, uh, the, the world offers us all different kinds of ways that, that we can try to deal with that exhaustion and, and some of those ways are actually good and and helpful. You know, we, we can try to get more sleep. That's a good thing. Uh, we can look at our diet and try to make sure that we're eating healthy and, and getting nutritious food into us. Uh, we can set healthy boundaries in our relationships. We can get help with our mental health if, if we need that. All of those are are good things. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, uh, some of the things that the world offers us to do are not so healthy. Uh, we can try to distract ourselves by drinking more than we should or watching more Netflix than we should or spending way too much time on Instagram or uh, online shopping, buying stuff that, that we don't need, spending too much money. Uh, but, but, but maybe you've had this experience that, that you've been exhausted and, and you've tried all of these different things that the world tells us to do, even the, the good, healthy things, and yet still there's this sense of exhaustion. Or maybe you get a little relief here and there, a little distraction here and there, but but you just can't seem to find the, the deeper rests that you're looking for. I think a lot of us have had that experience. And, and so uh, a big question for us to think about is like, what are we missing? Uh, why is it so hard for us to, to get out of this state of exhaustion? Why is it so hard for us to, to, to find rest in like a, a lasting way? Those are, those are important questions. Uh, and as we think about those, I want us to spend a little time today um, checking out this story in 1 Kings, because this story is actually addressing this very experience. And this story is giving us some really helpful guidance about what we can do when we find ourselves in that place of exhaustion. Uh, So let's take a look at the story for uh, a few minutes. Uh, First Kings, as many of you know, just for context, uh, this is in the Old Testament part of the Bible. Um, This particular story takes place probably about 900 years before Jesus. And at the beginning of the passage here, we meet this guy named Elijah, and we quickly discover that Elijah, like many of us, is very, very exhausted. And and here's why. Um, Elijah was a prophet. And that meant that it was his job uh, to go around preaching to the people of Israel and he would try to to preach to them to to keep them faithful to God, to keep them living the way that God wanted them to to live. And to put it mildly, uh, that was not going well. At this point, That the people of Israel had basically almost wholesale abandoned God. Uh, They were worshiping false idols. They were breaking all of God's commandments. That They really weren't even trying to be faithful to God most of the time. And so that meant Elijah, he's going around and he's just preaching his tail off, poor guy, trying to get these people back on track. But most of the time, it seems like nobody is listening to him. He has some good days here and there. But for the most part, Elijah feels like like a failure. And to make matters worse, at this point, um, the king and queen in Israel uh, were a couple named Ahab and Jezebel. You might have heard of them before, And Ahab and Jezebel were completely opposed to Elijah because they were actively trying to turn the people of Israel away from God. They were encouraging the worship of false idols. They were encouraging the people of Israel to break God's commandments. And at one point, the conflict between Elijah and Ahab and Jezebel got so intense that Jezebel decided she was going to send the entire army of Israel to hunt Elijah down and to kill him. And that's basically what's going on when we meet Elijah here at the beginning of this passage. He's been working so hard, and yet nothing's working. Now he's got this army who is out there hunting him down, and he's fleeing for his life. And so we're we're told at the beginning of the story here, Elijah runs out into the desert. And he keeps running and running to get away from the the army. And, And at a certain point out in the desert, Elijah finally just collapses of exhaustion. I wonder if you ever just collapsed of exhaustion at the end of a, a long, hard day. You, you stumble through your front door, you make it to your living room, you just whoosh, plop down on the couch because you're done. You've got nothing left. That's where Elijah was. And in that moment, as he collapses, he, he cries out to God and, and he says, it's more than enough, Lord. He, he says, take my life. That's where he's at. He's like, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. And after he says that, understandably, Elijah falls into this deep, deep sleep. Um, some time goes by as Elijah's sleeping, and then maybe you caught this in the story. Something really weird happens. Um, that this, this angel, this messenger from the Lord shows up, and the angel shakes Elijah awake, and the angel gives Elijah some food. And Elijah <clears throat> wakes up and he apparently doesn't see the angel or doesn't recognize that, that there's an angel there. But he sees the food and he's starving. So, so he gobbles that, that food up and, and he feels full and he, he falls back asleep. Well, same thing happens again uh, a while later. The angel shakes Elijah awake, gives him some food. Elijah, again, doesn't seem to recognize the angel, but he sees the food and, and he gobbles down the, the food. Now, now, notice what happens next in this, the story. Um, at this point, Elijah has gotten a lot of sleep. And at this point, Elijah has eaten plenty of food. And so he's no longer feeling as physically exhausted as he was before. And Elijah has put some physical distance between himself and his problems back home. So he's no longer feeling relationally exhausted like he was before. And yet Elijah can tell that a big part of him still feels this sense of exhaustion. So so pay attention to what Elijah does when he recognizes that. This is so important. Um, Verse 8 in the story says this, Elijah then got up, he ate and he drank, and he went refreshed by that food for 40 days and 40 nights until he arrived at Horeb, which is God's... Mountain. Uh, Mount Horeb is another name for Mount Sinai. Uh, Some of you may remember Mount Sinai is the place where hundreds of years before this, um, God had met with Moses. It was this really important moment where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and God actually ended up giving Moses the the whole rest of the Old Testament law. So, in other words, uh, Mount Horeb is a holy place. It's a place that is sacred. It's a place where Elijah knows that he can go to connect with God and and here's what that is telling us that that when Elijah was feeling exhausted he recognized that it wasn't just physical or mental or relational he recognized that a big part of his exhaustion was actually spiritual it was spiritual, that that he was feeling this, this disconnection from God. It wasn't just that his body, his mind, his heart were tired. That was true. But once he took care of all of that, he he realized, oh, oh, my, my soul is tired. I think this is just so important for us to, to think about because how much of our own exhaustion, I wonder, how much of our own exhaustion is, is not just physical, mental, relational, but but how much of it is actually spiritual like it was for elijah that that our souls are craving a, a deeper connection with God you know as as human beings uh, we were created for a relationship with God right we we, we know this we, we were created to to share our whole lives with, with God to, to talk to God to listen to god to to love god to serve God just as god loves and and serves us that's why God created you That's why God created me. It's why God created Elijah. And so I think it's it's only natural that when we're feeling a a disconnection from God, when our souls are are craving a deeper connection with with, with God, we feel a sense of exhaustion as a result because we're we're not connected in the way that we need to be to our source of life, to to our ultimate purpose in this life. I love how the the psalmist um, talks about this. At the very beginning of of Psalm 42, it, it says this, uh, just like a deer that craves streams of water, uh, you know, most of the Bible was written in a very dry, dusty part of the world, uh, so you can picture this, this deer, you know, water is scarce, the deer is so thirsty, the deer is just craving some life-giving water. That's the image here. Just like a deer that craves streams of water, my whole being craves you, God. My, my whole being, it says, thirsts for God, for the living God. Oftentimes uh, at at Kindred, we'll we'll sing this worship song that's called Living Water. Some of you may remember the the song, and um, that song is actually based on Psalm 42, and it kind of paraphrases that language, and, and here's how the song puts it. It says, As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs after you, talking to God. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. I don't know if you find that moving. Um, I'm not a, a particularly emotional person most of the time, but, but often when we sing that in worship, I, I find myself uh, choking up and, and tearing up a, a little bit. And I think that's because that line is so simple and it's so true and it's so different from anything that the world tells us about what we need when we're exhausted. We, we need God. Um, there was a, a bishop, a, a theologian, Um, in the the fourth century in in Africa. Uh, His name is St. Augustine, one of the most influential Christian thinkers in in all of church history. Uh, And he talks about this very same idea and he kind of puts it like this. He puts it in the form of a prayer. He says, Oh Lord, uh, you have made us, talking about humanity, you have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless. Or we could translate that our hearts are exhausted until they rest in you. Now, now, what, what all of this is telling us is that spiritual exhaustion is a real thing. In the secular world, our culture has no account for that. But, but spiritual exhaustion is real. And that means that, that we can rest our bodies all we want to. We can rest our minds all we want to. We can rest relationally all we want to. You know, We can make sure that we're getting eight hours of sleep every night. We can do the whole 30 diet every day for the rest of our lives. Uh, some of you will find that miserable. Uh, probably most of you. Uh, we could do a, a treat yourself day and, and buy a bunch of new things. And, and, and we should take care of our bodies and our minds and our relationships in in healthy ways. That that's a good thing to do. But but the truth is that if we're feeling a disconnection from God, then none of those forms of, of rest and rejuvenation are gonna totally alleviate our, our sense of exhaustion. Right. Um, this this may sound corny or, or cliche, but I think this is true that that a lot of the times the the exhaustion that we feel is is because we've got this this God shaped hole. In our heart. And, and we can try to fill that hole with all kinds of other things, even good and, and healthy things. But, but ultimately, the only thing that's going to fill that particular hole is God. If, if what our uh, souls are, are craving is a deeper connection with, with God, then the only thing that's going to satisfy that is, is God. You know, it, it, makes, it makes sense. And Elijah recognized that here in the story. He recognized that his exhaustion was, was spiritual. And so he was wise enough to to deal with it in that way. He went to Mount Horeb, uh, this place where he knew that he could connect with God. Well, as the story unfolds, we see that that's exactly what happens. When when Elijah gets to Mount Horeb, sure enough, uh, he meets God there. We're told that Elijah meets God in this thin, quiet sound. Uh, Traditionally, that's translated a a a a small, still, if I could say it, a still small voice, a still small voice. And when Elijah realizes that he's in the the presence of God, he starts pouring out his heart to God. He starts sharing with God all that he's been through, all that he's he's facing. um, You know, and and it's real and it's raw and it's honest. Because when we talk to God, God wants us to be real and raw and honest. And did you notice this in the story? God just listens. God just just sits there listening to Elijah, letting him get all of this off his chest. And then finally, when Elijah said his piece and when Elijah's ready to listen, God starts to speak. And what does God do? God comforts Elijah. God encourages him. God renews Elijah's calling. And then God starts explaining to Elijah all of these different ways that God is gonna care for Elijah as he's navigating the different challenges that he faces. Um, Now, none of that, It immediately solves all the the problems in Elijah's life. None of that means that Elijah will just never feel exhausted ever again. No, but but in that encounter with God, it's like a, a weight is being lifted off Elijah's back because when his soul gets what it craves and he connects with God in this way, he remembers that God really is with him and that God really will see him through. And the same is true for you, and the same is true for me as well. When our souls get what they crave, when we deepen our connection with God, then we remember that God really is with us, and God will see us through. We need that. We need that. So here's a question for you uh, to to consider. Um, As you think about this new year, as you think about 2023, in this year, what's going to be your Mount Horeb? In other words, uh, what are the places that you're going go to go to make sure that you can keep connecting with God? What, what are the places that you're going to go where you can listen for God's voice, where you can reconnect with, with God? Uh, for, for some of you, if, if you're not already in the habit uh, of worshiping on a regular basis, whether in person or, or online, uh, that's a great next step. You know, uh, If you only come to worship when you're completely exhausted like Elijah was, or you only come to worship when you literally have nothing else uh, going on, m- maybe a good next step for you is, is to start worshiping more regularly. Make it a, a spiritual habit in your life. Um, For for others of you, this may be the year when you need to intentionally carve out a few minutes each day in, in prayer. Uh, that, that you read some scripture, that you do a devotion, you have that private reconnection with God on a daily basis. Uh, for, for some of you, uh, maybe the thing to do is to be sure you join a small group this, this spring. That way you have community, you have friends in your life who can keep pointing you back to God, who can keep helping you to reconnect with God. Maybe for some of you, it's time to join a volunteer team because that's also gonna give you a very powerful community around you of people who can check in with you and, and help you to keep reconnecting with God. All of us need that. And here's something that is just as important as you're thinking about where you're going to go. What are those places going to be where you reconnect with God? How are you going to get that on your schedule? Because here's what I know about you, and I certainly know this about me. It, it, we can sit here and, and have all the good intentions that we want, but if it doesn't make it onto our schedule, the other stuff in our life is going to start to crowd that out. So, so let's make a plan. Let's get it on our schedule. How are we going to reconnect with God? throughout this new year. Uh, Life, as we all know, life can be extremely exhausting. Um, And when we're in that place, we can find ourselves asking God, where are you? But what this story is showing us is that God really is right there. Uh, God really is with us, oftentimes in that form of the the still, small voice. And so if we can make some space in our life to, to listen for that voice of God, if we can create intentional space, regular space in our life to to keep reconnecting with God and, and giving us what our souls really are craving, that's going to ease so much of our exhaustion because it's going to help us to find a kind of rest for our souls that ultimately can only come from God. Let me pray for us. Oh, gracious and loving God, we thank you for your care for us, We thank you for creating us in in your image and and for uh, giving us the the purpose of living life in relationship with you. Uh, God, we often get distracted from that. We often forget that that's our our purpose, that that's so central to why you created us, Lord. So so forgive us for that. and, And God, help us. Uh, to to find constructive ways to deal with our spiritual exhaustion. Help us to form the kind of habits in our life that that will allow us to keep reconnecting with you and and, and deal with the sense of, of spiritual exhaustion That we sometimes feel in this life. God, help us to be the kind of church community that is constantly helping each other to to do this really, really well. Uh, Lord, we, we thank you for each other. We thank you for this word of wisdom that can make such a powerful difference in our life. We ask your blessing on us as we journey into this new year, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Friends, just a couple things quickly here before we go. First of all, uh, if you are new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. If you click the Connect link in the description here, I'll reach out to you later this week to say hey and welcome. I can answer any questions that you might have. Also, uh, we'd love to see you in in in-person worship. If you're local, uh, get on our website. It's kindrednc.church. You can get all the details about how to worship with us in person. Uh, And finally, click the Announcements link that you see in the description. That'll take you to this week's newsletter, which has lots of information for you uh, about the latest ways that you can get involved with us and stay engaged and, and keep growing in your faith with us here at Kindred Church. Uh, with that, remember that we love you and we hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church.